This is a Willits Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willits Point Shea Stadium. Subway to Shea podcast, Anthony Rivera, here with you, talking about all the news and happenings surrounding that team from Queens, the New York Mets. Episode 66 is upon us. And first off, I want to apologize for the little brief hiatus about a week, a week and a half that I have uh, been doing, uh, explain why I've been out, kind of reached a little bit of a burnout, um, you know, with work, doing podcasts, so I decided I was going to take a break, wasn't sure if I was going to continue to do Subway to Shea, but I said, I can't let the fans of this podcast down, and that's why I'm coming back, you, the listeners, obviously have been such a big support for me, and I appreciate everything that you've done listening to the podcast, joining me on Twitter, Instagram, and all the interactions that we had. It's always fun hanging out with you guys. And, you know, this started out as a passion of mine, continues to be a passion of mine, and a huge Mets fan, wanting to do this full-time at some point, trying to juggle this with a job has not been easy, but I'm going to make this work to the best of my ability, and what's next for Subway to Shake coming soon, post-All-Star break? There's going to be more shows weekly, and I know you're saying you've you know, been trying to juggle just doing this one show. How are you going to do it? We're going to make this work, I promise you. There's going to be more shows weekly. We're going to be launching a YouTube page. There's going to be more live Twitter spaces because I have a lot of fun doing that and a lot of fun interacting and talking with you guys on Twitter spaces, so there's going to be a lot more of that. We're going to do an Instagram Live once a week. So that's all going to be coming soon to you, probably post-All-Star break. We're going to get into a lot more content coming from me, coming from Subway to Shea. Coming up on this week's episode, help is on the way in the form of Max Scherzer and James McCann. We're going to talk about the trade deadline priorities for the New York Mets. They seem to change every day, and this series that just took place kind of changed my view on what is most important come trade deadline. Plus, we look at the struggles of Eduardo Escobar and the ups, I guess, of Francisco Alvarez. He's crushing it down there in AA. So what is the next mode of action to take with him? But first, Houston, we have a problem. The Mets swept away by the Houston Astros. The Astros took both games of the short two-game set. They won 8-2 on Tuesday, and Wednesday they won 5-3, completely taking the Mets out of that series. The biggest storyline for me was the Mets losing Carlos Carrasco in Game 2. He left the game after two and one-thirds innings pitched with lower back tightness. He gave up four runs in the first without even recording an out. He bounced back in the second inning, having a 1-2-3 inning, came back out for the third, and that's where the lower back tightness hit him. Thankfully, though, in the post-game press conference, Cookie said that he did not feel concerned at all. This is the best possible scenario for the Mets, this lower back tightness. Now, let's not take this for granted, right? Lower back issues are a problem, especially with pitching. 
You twerk a lot. You use a lot of your body. So, you know, let's be cautious. But this is the best of what could have happened considering what have has happened to Max Scherzer and what has happened to Jacob deGrom and Tyler McGill. This is the best possible scenario for Carlos Carrasco for the Mets. And Carlos Carrasco has just been probably outside of Max Scherzer has been the most consistent and best pitcher for the Mets this season, he's 8-3 and three with a 4.42 ERA in 14 games started, 77 and a third innings pitched, 77 strikeouts, and a whip of 1.29. His last seven games, he is 5-2. and two. The ERA is up there with 5.20 ERA, so the Mets have been scoring for him to get these wins, but he's keeping the Mets in the game, and that's what you want because we are down, what is it, three starting pitchers right now? So the struggle has been real for the starters. It's We're kind of going back to that last season where the Mets did not have starting pitching and thank goodness the Mets had off Thursday because the bullpen got taxed this series they really did and you look at how they pitched on Tuesday that eight to two loss right and Trevor Williams he pitched four innings he gave up three earned runs two of them home runs walked three batters and I thought he was going to come out for a fifth inning which he didn't. So then they brought in Chase and Shreve, who we really haven't seen too much of, and he only pitched one inning, gave up four earned runs. That pretty much took the Mets out of the game, and he struggled. But then you had Adonis Medina come in. He only gave up one run on a home run, but pitched three innings, gave up three hits. So he kind of helped the Mets out there coming out of the bullpen. And then you go to the Wednesday game where they lost 5-3, to three, and the bullpen handled it. Man, they they held it down. After Carrasco gave up the five runs and was taken out, Yoan Lopez came in, and he pitched two and two-thirds innings, only gave up one hit. So every time Yoan Lopez comes back from the minors, he seems to help out the Mets. Tommy Hunter, who has made his return after coming back last season, I think he was traded in the Rich Hill trade after he got injured, but Tommy Hunter's back, used to pitch for Buck Showalter in Baltimore, and... He pitched well. One and a third innings pitched, one hit, two strikeouts. He's yet to give up a run. Joely Rodriguez came in, and he seems to now be the guy to bring in to face left-handers. I thought it was going to be Chase and Shreve, but once they made that trade for Joely Rodriguez when they got rid of Miguel Castro, it seems now that Joely Rodriguez is the guy that Buck's going to go to and Jeremy Heffner's going to go to when they need to get a lefty out. So he had one and a third innings pitched. He gave up no hits and just had a strikeout. Edwin Diaz came in for one batter um, for one out. He gave up a hit, but then he got the next batter out on a strikeout. Mets couldn't score either game, only scored five runs total, but um, their comeback was was short-lived. They got men on, but they just couldn't execute. They couldn't get the guys in, and we're going to discuss that a little bit later. We look at the Mets' bullpen so far this season. It's kind of Jekyll and Hyde, right? Up and down all season long. You're going to have a really good game, or you're going to have a really bad game. I think I talked about this on Twitter that since that game against the Dodgers, where uh, they lost two to nothing, the first game of that series, ever since then, I think it's been five or six games that they've lost. And all of those games, they've given up four runs or more. And that's something you don't want to see. You want to be in every game. And the bullpen really hasn't been helping out. But also, you got to attribute that to the starting pitching. Because with Max Scherzer out, 
with Tyler McGill out, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. And, you know, now Carlos Carrasco being hurt. Chris Bassett was a little off in uh, the last month. We've really only had Carlos Carrasco, Taiwan Walker, and kind of David Peterson up and down, pitching well. Trevor Williams has, you know, handled it, his spot very well. But you don't want to count on Trevor Williams, and you don't want to count on David Peterson. Those are like your seventh and eighth men in the depth chart to go to. So the bullpen has been taxed right this season obviously Edwin Diaz is having his best season as a New York Met right now it's contract year obviously too so he is going to pitch the best he can be he has his moments but this season he's two and one with a 2.28 ERA 14 saves in 27 and two-thirds innings pitched 54 strikeouts he's pitched very well he's had a lot of games where he struck out the side or at least struck out three batters in an inning Drew Smith he is one and one with a 2.03 ERA, 34 strikeouts. He's pitched well. Seth Lugo up and down. One and one with 3.81 ERA. He had that gave up that big grand slam against Miami on Sunday on Father's Day. Adam Adovino, he's been up and down, but more good than bad. I rather him come in in a clean inning than come in with people on base because his slider is all over the place. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Two and one with a 2.73 ERA. Joely Rodriguez we talked about. 0 and two with a 4.76. ERA. The problem for this Mets bullpen so far, and we're going to get into the other guys, is obviously Trevor Williams. He's 1-4 with a 3.86 ERA coming out of the bullpen and starting. Chasen Shreve, 1-1 with a 5.61 ERA. You have Adonis Medina, 1-0 with a 4.50 ERA. And there's a whole bunch of people that have come on for the Mets. But you look at an important stat here. And to me, what I've noticed from the Mets is walks. Right? Let's go. Edwin Diaz, 11 walks. Drew Smith, 11 walks. Seth Lugo, 7 walks. Adam Adovino, 10 walks. Joely Rodriguez, 14 walks. Trevor Williams, 11 walks. Chasen Shreve, 10 walks. The walks have to be limited if this bullpen is to succeed. And it's been struggling as of late. So they really have to nail this whole situation down. And what do you do about the left-handed pitchers. We need lefties to get guys out, and Chase and Shreve has not been what we expected. It definitely does not show his success during his career. His career, he's 21-12 and 12 with a 3.80 ERA. Not great, but not bad coming out of the bullpen. This season, we talked about it, 5.61 ERA. He has struggled, and you look at his last 15 games, he's 0-1 with a 7.56 ERA, 8 walks, 14 strikeouts, and 16.2 thirds innings pitched. He's given up 20 hits in that span. He's really struggled. Look at his splits against lefties and righties, okay? The batting average for the left-handed batters that he's supposed to get out, 294. That can't happen. He's better against righties. They're only batting 191 against him. And then you go to Joely Rodriguez. And this is probably why Joely Rodriguez is going to get the bulk of the left-handed batters. And he's not been great. Right? Last 15 games, he has over a 5 ERA. He's walked 9 batters, 11 strikeouts in 10 and 2 thirds innings pitched. 9 walks in 10 and 2 thirds innings pitched. That's the problem. The walks. The walks are a big problem for this bullpen. But you look at his splits compared to Chase and Shreve. And lefties are batting 233 against him compared to Chase and Shreve's 294. A little bit better, way better than Chase and Shreve, but we got to get that down to under 200 
lefty batters should not be batting 230, 240 against our lefty relievers. 290 in the case of Chase and Shreve. And then the righty batters are batting 200. So these guys are way better against the righties than they are against the lefties. And I know some people are going to say why this is why we should not have gotten rid of Aaron Loop. Well, Let's take a look at Aaron Loop. And I tried to calm everyone down about bringing in Aaron Loop. And Loop, this season, has not been great. 0-2 with a 4.68 ERA in 30 games. 25 innings pitched, 27 strikeouts, a whip of 1.24. Last 15 games, a 9 ERA. He struggled as well. You know, you get up and down with these relievers. That's why I'm never fully committed to long-term deals with relievers. Because it changes every day. Just like the bullpen, Jekyll and Hyde. It's always changing. The thing about Aaron Loop, though, is his lefty splits are great. 0.148 batting average for lefties against Aaron Loop. That's pretty good. And that's maybe where the Mets gone wrong there. So what should the Mets do? about this. We're going to get into some external options, some trade options a little later when we talk about trade deadline priorities coming up soon. But let's talk about some internal options. You got David Peterson, who's starting right now. But once Max Scherzer comes back, hopefully, once Jacob deGrom hopefully comes back and Tyler McGill hopefully comes back this season, what are you going to do with David Peterson? Do you send him down? Is he going to continue to be a starter? This season, he's 4-1 with a 3.18 ERA in 10 games. He's got 42 strikeouts something to consider here and sending him to the bullpen may not be the worst thing hey you know who got a great start coming out of the bullpen adam wainwright i know you don't want to hear that name but let's talk about some of these starters and we're going to get into some starters in AAA that could come up and come out of the bullpen like adam wainwright did and then became a star starting pitcher but let's look at david's peterson splits against lefties they're only batting 211 righties are batting 242 but lefties are batting 211 so he may be the best internal option if you want to go that route i do say the name thomas the because he's a lefty, but we know his struggles. Alex Claudio in Syracuse right now was brought onto this team during spring training to go along with Chase and Shreve before they got Joely Rodriguez. And this season in AAA, he's 1-1 one one with a 3.80 ERA. He has 17 strikeouts and 21 in a third innings pitched. You look at his splits against lefty-righty. They are hitting 214 against him. So may he even be an option. Now, the Mets brought up Mike Montgomery in 2021. They brought him in spring training he pitched well they didn't bring him along with the club and they only brought along Aaron Loop and Mike Montgomery struggled all of last season and he's struggling this season he's one in seven with a 6.90 ERA but Mike Montgomery has been starting in AAA so is that the problem he's also been injured this season but you look at his splits not too good lefty righty lefties are batting 306 against him and righties are batting 250 so maybe he's not the guy we want to look into then you got a couple of guys that have not come up yet nate fisher is a guy in triple a that i've looked into he's 0-2 with a 4.43 era 50 strikeouts in 40 and two-thirds innings pitched his splits right now Lefties against him are batting 188. Righties are batting 178. That's a guy I might consider bringing up, maybe over Alex Claudio, to get some work in the bullpen. And he's pitched out of the bullpen as well. You also have Locker St. John, who I think they got from Chicago, if I'm certain. I, I know they brought him in. He's 0-2 right now with a 5.06 ERA. But let's look at his lefty-righty splits because that's what's important, right? Lefties are batting 130. 
3-8 against him. So maybe he is an internal option. And then, then there's one more, a name that we've heard about a little bit, and that's Josh Walker. Josh Walker this season is 9-4 and four with a 3.73 ERA. He's a starter, which, you know, the Mets might actually need to bring up a starter soon, and a lefty might not be the worst idea. But if you want to throw him in the bullpen, I'm pretty sure that's a possibility as well. So the Mets have internal options to think about. If they don't want to go that route, then we're looking into the trade deadline. And that brings up my next topic, trade deadline priorities. I've been talking about this all over Twitter, that the Mets need to get some right-handed pitching. We talked about this, that the Mets needed to get relief pitching. And that was a priority to me, the top of the line. Getting a left-handed pitcher and a right-handed pitcher, getting two relief pitchers to kind of reshape that bullpen. You know how the Mets kind of reshaped the lineup and how well they're doing? I think the Mets need to kind of move some pieces around and reshape the bullpen a little bit. Just maybe a couple of tweaks here. But with the injury to Carlos Carrasco, and I know we're just being cautious and he says he's all right, but the Mets really need to start thinking about bringing a starting pitcher. I think that has now, with the injury now to Carlos Carrasco and Tyler McGill, who has right shoulder strain and is out at least four weeks, about a month, starting pitching may have now leapfrogged to the top of the list of needs. The Mets need relief pitching, but if we only have two to three starters active, then the bullpen is going to be tired come August. It could possibly be a replay of last season, where the Mets were down two to three starting pitchers and the bullpen got taxed. The bullpen was done by the All-Star break. That post-All-Star break, that bullpen was awful. Before that, they were great. But being used so much and having those bullpen games and those opener games did not help. So I came across an article from Jim Bowden, and he has here MLB trade deadline targets, the 125 most likely to be dealt. And I'm looking at some starting pitching and what to look into. You got a guy like Madison Bumgarner, who, you know, is playoff tested, playoff ready. He's a lot older now, but he's a possibility if you're not going to go for the big names. Obviously, the big name, Frankie Montas, is one of them. And the Mets already dealt with Oakland, so it could be possible they do that again. But you're going to have to give up prospect capital. Another guy you're going to probably have to give up prospect capital is Luis Castillo from the Reds. And he's under contract through next season, so you're going to have to pay. Another pitcher the Mets have talked about, or they even talked about during the offseason from the Reds, is Tyler Maley. But his problem is he gives up a lot of walks. Do we want that again? Do we want more walks? I don't know. But he could get a lot of help from Jeremy Hefner. So those are some names. Martin Perez. Could that be a possible name? We Could we go and get him from the Rangers. He's a left-handed pitcher. He may be a possibility. Well, let's look at the relief pitchers that the Mets could possibly go after but or possibly just need. A, a name that some of the fans on Twitter and some of the listeners of Subway to Shea have been talking about, David Bednar from the Pirates. This season, he's got a 1.14 ERA in 25 games. I think he's under contract, or he, he isn't arbitration eligible until 2024. That's a guy to look into. Andrew Chafin, who I wanted during the offseason after Loop got signed. Left-handed batters are batting 231 against him. He has a 3.52 ERA in 20 appearances. Trying to think of some other guys. I've heard of Michael Fomer bringing him back. He's the guy the Mets traded to get Ioannis Cespedes. He has a 2.35 ERA, 24 strikeouts, 10 walks, 12 hits in 23 innings. 
Amir Garrett, who was on the Reds, now on the Royals, he's holding lefty batters to .091. They're two for 22 against Amir Garrett, and he's under team control through 2023. That's a guy you possibly might want to look into if you're going to bring in a left-handed reliever. But there's so many options to go after when it comes to bullpen. There's a whole bunch of people that are available. I know that um, Mike Silva from Talking Mets mentioned David Robertson. He has a 1.59 ERA for the Cubs, 32 strikeouts in 22 and two-thirds innings pitched, and he saved seven games and nine opportunities. You know the Mets had that issue with when they brought in Edwin Diaz and the Mets against the Dodgers. He brought in the eighth inning, and then they asked Lugo to save, and he couldn't save it. That's a possibility. Sergio Romo is interesting to me because... I think he just got released by the Mariners, and I, I don't know if that's someone we can get off the scrap heap and, and possibly turn something into in the le- next, you know, second half of the season might be something to think about. Um, So there's quite a bit of options. You should go and read that article from The Athletic. I know it's pay site, but for some reason, I don't have to pay for this one, but these options to come out of the bullpen may be possible to do, and the Mets are going to have to get creative because they're not going to want to trade Beatty and Vientos, and they're not going to want to trade Alvarez, obviously, is untouchable, um, but there's there's options out there, and I, I know that people want to bat. The Mets lead in a lot of offensive categories, and for that reason, to me, a hitter was last on my list. It doesn't mean that I don't want them to improve. It doesn't mean they can't improve. It just wasn't not a top priority, especially for me. The question is, more importantly, what is going to happen with J.D. Davis and Dom Smith? What do the Mets do with both of them? Because both of them have struggled. Neither have really taken a hold of that DH spot. Davis has been better, but not by much. You look at what we've gotten so far. J.D. Davis, only two home runs this season, which I'm surprised. At at most, I thought he would be a prolific power hitter, get at least 15, 20 home runs. He only has two this season. 14 RBIs, batting 246. But compared to Dom Smith, who has no home runs, only has 14 RBIs, and is batting 198. Both have struggled to really take hold of being a DH. So what do you do? Do you go out and bring up a Mark Vientos from AAA? Because looking at Mark Vientos right now, batting 260, 11 home runs, 31 RBIs. He has played very well the last month. I know he struggled in April batting 164, but in May, he batted 328, 6 home runs, 13 RBIs. And um, you look at his June to this point, batting 289, four home runs, 10 RBI. So he's really turned it on since the beginning of the season. Is it time to promote Mark Vientos? Because obviously there's options to get a DH for the Mets. Nelson Cruz could be a possibility. Um, You can go after maybe a a Mike Moustakas in a trade for take on his contract when you go after Luis Castillo or Tyler Maley. Um, Someone that's very interesting to me, Josh Bell from the Nationals, but that's going to cost because it's the Nationals. So where do you go to, you know, bring in a DH? Where can the Mets go in that option? People are said to me C.J. Crone from the Rockies, but my problem is he's coming from Colorado, and the splits from Colorado aren't great. So where did the Mets go? 
could they bring back Brandon Drury in a, dra- a trade with the Reds instead of Moustakis? He's having a career year. He's batting 270, 13 home runs, 34 RBIs. I'm sure the Reds are going to want to trade high on him. Is that someone that you bring back? The Mets got to be smart and strategic. This right here, this is a big sign for Billy Epler. We're going to see what Billy Epler is made of during this trade deadline. What will he be able to do? Who will he be able to bring in? Will the Mets bring back a Jonathan VR off the bench again? Possibility. So let's see what happens with the Mets come this trade deadline. Everything's going to be interesting. Funny that also listed on this is Jared Kelnick. Jim Bowden listed Jared Kelnick about having a change of scenery. That'd be interesting if the Mets would bring him back, but I, I doubt that. Uh, maybe a Trey Mancini also from the Orioles. So let's see how the Mets handle this trade deadline. I think a starting pitcher and the relief pitcher is the most important things. I think the offense can hold things down, but they could use power. So if J.D. Davis and Dom Smith are not going to provide that or not going to provide pretty much anything, then you may have to go that route. But if they can commit to one of these batters, if they commit to J.D. Davis and let him hit, because every time I feel like he's about to get out of it, they, you know, they sit him and then put in Dom Smith or somebody else at DH. Let's see what J.D. Davis has. He's shown that he could play a decent first base. So if if you're going to go with keeping one of J.D. Davis or Dom Smith, it might be J.D. Davis is who they keep. But they continue to struggle. Another play that continues to struggle is Eduardo Escobar. He's had an up and down season, mostly down. You look at his stats this season so far, not been great. 231 batting average, six home runs, 29 RBIs, only has 57 hits this season, uh, on-base percentage of 291, OPS of 684 in his last seven games he's batting 125 OBP 148 slugging 250 it has not been sunshine and rainbows for Eduardo Escobar I don't know if he needs more Fogo de Chao or what but something's got to get this guy started what do you do with him right now do you bench him? Do you give Luis Guillorme time at third? It's hard to do that with Jeff McNeil still, you know, injured with, I think, the the hamstring that happened uh, on Monday. But do you go to J.D. Davis, who I really don't want playing third base? I'd rather have Luis Guillorme play third base and then McNeil at second and, um, you know, obviously Lindor at shortstop. Uh, the only place that I would give J.D. Davis is first base, like I said. But does he get benched at Eduardo Escobar? He's played a lot of games so far this season. He's been in 65 of the games. Maybe he needs some rest. Maybe it'll, it'll help to sit on the bench for a couple days. But I do think that he's going to turn it around. I have the most confidence in Eduardo Escobar having a better second half than I do in a J.D. Davis and a Dom Smith right now. That doesn't mean I don't want J.D. Davis and Dom Smith to succeed. I want all of them to succeed because if they do, that means this Mets team is firing on all cylinders. But right now, Eduardo Escobar is the person I have most faith in succeeding this coming second half. And, you know, thankfully, it's not all bad news so far for the Mets because Max Scherzer and James McCann are returning. Scherzer possibly returning Sunday against the Marlins in Miami. He had a rehab start for Binghamton Rumble Ponies, three and a third innings pitch, three hits, two earned runs, one walk, six strikeouts in 65 pitches. Max Scherzer this season for the Mets has been as advertised, 5-1 and one with a 2.54 ERA in eight games started, a whip of .95, 59 strikeouts in 49 and two-thirds innings pitched. 
He's been everything you could ask for and more on the field, off the field, in the dugout, as a team leader. He has done it all. James McCann also close to returning. He might come back at the start of the Miami Marlins series starting Friday. You look at his stats, offensively, not so good. But I think now we've come to realize, and he's batting 196, one home run, six RBIs, on base percentage of 266, OPS 5. Uh, 52. I think what we've come to realize about James McCann is how important he is behind the plate catching. Whether it's framing pitches, throwing guys out at second base with that arm, with that McCannon, he is most important handling that pitching staff because we've seen the drop since he's gotten injured. He's needed more for his catching than it is for his hitting, and the rotation has been different since he has been gone. Thomas Nito has been filling in admirably, but he's a backup. He's had a better bat, than what we've gotten from James McCann and Patrick Mazika. The bat has been better. Tomas Nito's batting 219. That's why if James McCann can get to batting 219, 220, 230, blessings for the Mets. Tomas Nito's batting 219. He doesn't have any home runs this season. He's got 13 RBIs. He's hit pretty well with runners in scoring positions. So that's where the uptick for him comes. You look at Patrick Mazika, who really hasn't done much since, you know, hitting that home run in his return. You know, he's got the one home run, four RBIs, but he's batting 167. It's worse than James McCann. And he had some struggles with Chris Bassett and the rotation. So if we could get him back down in the minors and have McCann and Nito, I'm okay with that. That's definitely what's needed. So, you know, the Mets have help coming on the way in Max Scherzer and James McCann. Still waiting word on when Jacob DeGrom's going to come back. Probably post All-Star break, I would think. They don't want to rush him. Don't want to rush him and have him get hurt again. So, you know, hopefully by post All-Star break, this Mets team can finally be running on full tank. We really haven't had a full tank since spring training. But getting James McCann back, I think, is going to go a long way to helping that rotation the catching is going to be a big part. Now, my final notes before this train leaves the station here, and it's to continue talking about the catching because Francisco Alvarez is crushing it in double A, literally and figuratively. You look at his stats this season, and the kid is batting 283. He's got 16 home runs, 44 RBIs in Binghamton. Everywhere he's gone, he's batted well. His rookie season for Kingsport and the Gulf Coast League Mets, 312, seven home runs, 26 RBIs. Single A, 417 batting average, two home runs, 12 RBIs. Sports St. Lucie in single A, 247, 22 home runs, 58 RBIs, and now 283, 16 home runs, 44 RBIs. He is absolutely killing it this June for Binghamton. Looking at his game here, he's batting. He had a tough May where he struggled a little bit, but in June, eight home runs, 21 RBIs, batting 313. Now, I'm not saying to promote him to the major league club. No, I want him to still have time to grow and he needs seasoning catching. So what should the Mets do with him next? The next mode of action, put him in AAA. Post All-Star break, if you want to do it, wait till then. But if he keeps killing it, you might have to do it sooner rather than later. Let him get his work in AAA. Maybe in September, call him up and let him hit a little bit. Maybe as a DH, maybe catch a couple of games. But put him in AAA, let him get his action there. He'll be ready to go probably if he continues on this pace. I'd have him up next year, midseason. 
Or maybe he starts the season with the Mets, kind of like how Pete Alonso got starting in the beginning of the season. So maybe that's a possibility, but I don't want to rush him yet. And I know the Mets could use a DH, but there's other options. Talked about Mark Vientos earlier. So let's not rush Francisco Alvarez just yet. That will wrap it up for this week's Subway to Shea podcast. I thank you so much for listening. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Subway to Shea. Listen to the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Pocket Casts. Turn on those notifications to never miss an episode of Subway to Shea. If you're a new listener to this podcast, thanks for joining the show, and I hope you consider subscribing on any of the platforms I mentioned. Also, make sure to share it with your fellow Med fans. It helps to make this show grow each and every week. Let them know that this is the podcast to listen to when it comes to Mets information. If you've been a supporter this whole time, I can't thank you enough. This show wouldn't be where it is without you. And for all of you that are listening, that's why I continue to come back each and every week. I know I've been on a hiatus, which I talked about during the beginning of the show. That is over. I'm back. And this show is back and running on full battery. Subway to Shea is global. This podcast is not only played in the United States, but also has reaches across the globe. But no matter where you listen, please take a few minutes to write me a review and let me know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like. I want to make this show better each and every week for you Med fans. So by going on Apple Podcasts, rating the show from one to five stars, hopefully you're giving me five stars, and leaving a review in the comments section. That's very important to leave a review in the comments section. Let me know what you think. I'll read the reviews on the show. I've been doing that since the beginning. Um, It helps this show to grow and it lets people know that, hey, Subway to Shea is a very good podcast and a very good Mets podcast because there's a lot of Mets podcasts. A lot of them I even listen to. But to stand out, these comments really help. So I really appreciate you doing that. You can also rate the show on Spotify. If you listen on Spotify, that's also an option as well. Don't forget to follow my work for Rising Apple. Rising Apple is a New York Mets site on the fan side and network. You can read my articles by going to risingapple.com or checking out the links in the description of this week's podcast episode. Make sure to follow Rising Apple on Twitter at Rising Apple Blog and the Fan Sided Network at Fan Sided. Thank you everyone so much for tuning into this week's episode. I appreciate you all very much. And that will do it for this edition of the Subway to Shape podcast. Always remember to listen Subscribe, share, and review for Anthony Rivera. You've been listening to Subway to Shea. Let's go Mets.